Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled today to be with John Hewitt. John Hewitt is the Hewitt in Jackson Hewitt Tax Service, after which he founded Liberty Tax Service and over 8,000, uh, 6,000 offices. John sold his interest in Liberty for nearly $500 million. Now John and his partners and friends are helping entrepreneurs discover how to become CEOs, building their empires for the king of kings. He is the author of the fascinating book, I Compete, How My Extraordinary Strategy for Winning Can Be Yours, and the CEO of Loyalty Brands. And we're going to be speaking about loyalty brands today. Um, welcome, John, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So. Um, Tell us about your start. I mean, uh, as far back as I remember, I remember um, uh, Jackson Hewitt. So tell us how that happened. How did you get into um, the tax industry in the beginning? Well, I'm going to make a 55-year story pretty quick. I started, I was blessed uh, in many ways, but one of my blessings was that I found out what I wanted to do when I was in college. And I've interviewed thousands and thousands of people over the years. And most of them don't want to, don't know what they want to be when I grow up. But I was blessed. I found out. And I started working at HR Block. I loved it. And 12 years later, I was running 250 HR Block locations. And my dad was the CFO of a public company. He decided that we should computerize taxes. He liked the little Apple that he bought by mail better than the mainframe that was running his public company. So we each quit our jobs and in 1981 built the first tax software for an Apple computer. Way ahead of its time, no one wanted it. Got blessed again and found a company here at Virginia Beach called Mel Jackson Tax Service. Mel had died. We bought six offices from his widow. One of the biggest blessings was that the weather here is a lot nicer than Buffalo. And I moved my family down here in August of 1982, been here ever since. And we uh, started working at Mel Jackson. So they had six offices and we merged the two companies, the computer company and the tax company. We changed the name to Jackson Hewitt. We went public and 15 years later, 
sold it for $483 million. I had a three-year non-compete that covered all, virtually the entire United States, because Jackson Hewitt today has 6,000 offices in the United States, but they never went to Canada. And so since I knew the Canadian tax law, I had grown up in Buffalo and done Canadian taxes. We opened Liberty Tax in Canada. And within three years, just as I had in the U.S., became one of the top 100 retail chains in Canada. So now I built one of the top 100 retail chains in the United States and then one in Canada. In 2000, when my non-compete ended, now I had to compete against my own name and my own system, my own software, my own self at Jackson Hewitt. And yet, not only did we grow faster than Jackson Hewitt, we grew faster than them and H&R Block combined. Liberty Tax opened 4,000 offices in 12 years, uh, four times faster growing than Jackson Hewitt. We, again, worth $500 million. Again, I sold my stock. And now we have loyalty brands, and we have eight different brands, that different eight different franchisors. So uh, they say third time's the charm. I'm the only person that's developed two of the top 100 retail chains. Hopefully, hopefully I'm on my way to my third before anyone else gets to number two, gets two. That sounds wonderful. Um, Now, the franchise industry is totally different than um, owning your own company. Um, How did you decide on franchising? as a path forward you know in my book um one of the things that's different about my book i talk a lot about the mistakes that i made not just the things i did right but the things i did wrong and the second biggest mistake i ever made at at jackson hewitt was i didn't franchise from day one and i looking back h&r block had been a franchise giant they had when i started they had 95% of their offices were franchised, and um, yet I didn't franchise. We, we took six Mel Jackson offices, and the first in August, by January, we had 11. By the following January, we had 15. And the third January, two and a half years later, we had 22 offices. Well, most people would be happy growing from six offices to 22 offices in two and a half years, but our goal our fanatical goal was to be larger than Block, and they had 9,000 offices. So at that rate, I realized I'd be 300 years old by the time we got bigger than Block, and that wasn't going to happen. So we immediately switched to franchise. Should have done it from day one. It's the way to grow. We went from 22 to 50 to 200 to 300 to 400. I mean, we grew very quickly after starting franchise. But it's the uh, the beauty the beauty of franchising, and is and no one's no franchisor I've ever heard say this. But I get people to pay me to work for. Me. I get very talented people that I don't have to pay; they pay me to work for me. So it's just a wonderful vehicle, and they enable me to give them what I've done. And my requirement is to create the best system in the industry. And I've been doing that for 55 years, if you can imagine. And if I do my job, your job is to follow the system, follow the recipe. And so 
that's that's my expertise. And I've I've changed. I brought in fifty two hundred franchisees, created a thousand millionaires, and um, just and they've had hundreds of thousands of employees. So I've impacted impacted tens and tens of thousands of people's lives. And how do you decide what types of businesses to bring into your uh, network of franchises? Yeah, we're getting more and more careful with that because we made some mistakes in bringing in the wrong kind of uh, franchises. But it has to be, uh, it has to be, uh, you have to have proven model and it has to be replicable. And it, And then once it's replicable, you it it has to be replicable for uh, non uh, non PhD or or Al, it can't be only Albert Einstein can run it. It has to be normal everyday people above it average people can grab grab the reins and and ride. It's it's uh, it's uh, has to be uh, replicable by those type of people. Yeah, that's true for business in general. If you have a business, uh, the best businesses uh, can explain their processes to the people who work for them in order to um, work the business in the in the best way possible. On the flip side of that, who what are the characteristics uh, of of people who you're looking for to purchase a franchise? I'm going to say this, and it sounds really simple, and it sounds like everyone should be able to do it, but it's almost impossible. And that is, again, it's my job to give you the best system. It's your job to follow my advice 100%. Right? I've been doing this for 55 years. I fondly call myself the great granddaddy of tax preparation. And and I used to be the granddaddy, and now I have four great grandchildren. So now I call myself the great granddaddy of tax. I've been doing this for my for longer than almost anyone. And I I founded two of the top 100 retail chains of the country. I found one of them became a billion dollar com- company. Only a thousand people have done that. So most of my franchisees, or at least half of them, don't know anything about income tax. So how could you not listen to me? Your job, my job is to give you the system. Your job is to follow the system. And what I've learned in is it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. It doesn't matter how educated you are. Your, your success is dependent on the percentage you listen to our advice. Because we've every either made every mistake or seen every mistake. And we guide you from making those same mistakes. So having said that, in my 5,200 franchisees that I brought in, not one has ever listened 100%. The thousand millionaires listened 98 or 99%. But I also had a thousand people go out of business. If you can imagine a thousand millionaires and a thousand people go out of business, and, it, and the only difference is the people that went out of business didn't listen even 90%. Every time you don't listen to me, it's going to cost you time or money or both. So it's very simple what I'm looking for, but no one's ever been able to 
No one's ever been able to listen 100%. People always know better. Um, now, I know that you do uh, events and, and you reach out uh, to people. Tell us about those. You mean, I don't know exactly. We have discovery days. Yeah. We have, I make presentations uh, all over the country and I travel virtually every week. Uh, this week I'll be in Orlando. Next week I'll be in Dallas. The week after that in Miami. So I, I travel all over the country and, and meet people. But what we're, what we're looking for is the right people at the right time. And what I've, and, and they have, several characteristics they have they have they they can be self-employed lots of people want to be self-employed and can't do it because they're not self-starters or they're not risk takers they try and nibble and they can't do it and it's got to be the right time in their life it's got to be the right industry and so i go out and present the opportunity I, we i never try to sell anyone because we're going to spend if you're going to join me we're going to spend years together and if you fail, then you can only blame two people, yourself or me. And guess who they always blame first? And there's, there's no fun in being blamed. So we, the, the phrase I use 10 times more than any phrase in my whole life is follow the system. Sure, sure. And isn't that how people succeed in life anyway. Um, we all have mentors. So many of us have coaches. And if we follow a system, it's so much easier and so much better. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people choose not to. Uh, so people are, people are, I mean, it's just human nature. For sure. But at least you give the the basic tools for a business um which are some of the biggest challenges and you also offer a name so people don't have to struggle uh recreating the wheel because you're providing it to them exactly if if you shouldn't join a franchise system if you want to be creative right first of all you need to model what works. And then if you want to add a little creativity in, in little ways, in addition to that, then uh, that's fine. But um, you, you have to master the basics first. You know, when you hit a baseball, no one stands on their head to hit a baseball, right? No major leaguer stands on his head. They all stand on their two feet, right? So there's certain basics that you have to do. You might hold the bat a little different, but you basically, you keep your eye on the pitcher, keep your eye on the ball, you hold the bat, and then you hit it. And that, so most of, most of success is basics and uh, with a, with a little distinctive differentiators for the super successful. Now, the, the franchises that are under Liberty are, are under loyalty brands are totally varied. Um, tell us about how you chose those versus some of the others. 
Well, let me tell you about my favorite one first, because I, you know, when I was growing up, there was only there was only two certainties in life: death and taxes. And and Benjamin Franklin said that 250 years ago. And then about 40 years ago, I learned a third certain. And Dennis Waitley wrote a book, and he said, "Oh, there's a third certainty. Like there's going to be change." And do you agree that there's always going to be change? So he said, so it's death, tax, and change. And then then three years ago, we acquired a pet business. We're in the mobile pet grooming. And boy, did I realize that that Americans, and if not the whole world, are crazy about their pets. And, you know, I've been in an industry, the tax industry, it's been plotting growth. It, it plots it grows 1% a year for 50 years. On average, number of people that come in grows by 1% a year. Pets are growing by double digits. It's for everyone's forecasting. It's going to be twice as big six or seven years from now. And that includes uh, doggy daycare, dog walking, pet sitting, food delivery, insurance, vet care. I mean, everything is... So I, I've fallen in love with pets industry that, that and, and there was a survey I saw recently that they, they surveyed parents that had pets too. And what do you like better, the pets or the children? And two thirds of them picked the pet. I, I'm kind of glad they didn't ask which you like better, the spouse or the, or the pet. I'm afraid it would have been the same answer. So, so it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, um, our two, we have two major initiatives in our, even though we have multi-industries, um, it's the 80-20 rule that we have two that are incredibly fast growing. All are growing, but the fastest growing are the tax and pets. It's just, it's just amazing. There's, there's some down the street from me and here in Virginia Beach, I, we're, our office is on a six lane highway, three lanes each way. And just before you get on the expressway, there used to be a McDonald's. And it was there for the entire 30, 40 years I lived here, mostly. They knocked down the McDonald's. It was right at this busy intersection, right where you get off the expressway. And they knocked it down. And not only did they put up a pet uh, veterinarian, but it's only for eye care. So this pet eye care has a, this incredibly expensive location. Right next to the expressway, it's more successful than McDonald's. It's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I can tell you, in fact, that uh, the amount of money that my husband and I have invested in our dogs um, far exceeds the medical bills that we've paid for our own care. It's it's unconscionable to me that how crazy people are about that. They'll. The the dog may only or the pet may only have a year to live, and they'll spend ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars to uh, give it chemotherapy, give it a eye surgery, give it a tooth. I mean, I mean, just I mean, it's amazing to me. Yes, um, yeah, dental care is big business in uh, the pet industry, um, but you also have dry cleaning as well. Yeah. Oh, we have. Yeah, we have. We have mobile. We're, we're just getting started. So 
I don't have the experience with that yet, but I, obviously um, mobile everything is is kicking up, right? I mean, can you imagine? Uh, I mean, ten years ago or fifteen years ago, um, talking about Uber Eats or DoorDash or any of those kind of things, and it wasn't that long ago that the only pizza company that had delivery was Domino's, and now everyone has to live. I mean, and and I don't even go to the grocery store anymore. I order from Amazon. I mean, they deliver right on my steps. So yeah, delivery of services is so much in demand. And of course, uh, of course, COVID. I mean, drove that even even far bigger. There was a huge jump during COVID where people were used to staying home. So it's uh, everything's turning mobile, and uh, we're we're just beginning to test mobile dry cleaning and mobile laundry. And how much experience uh, do the, your franchisees have to have if they decide Re to get involved? Re remember what I said earlier, that it is actually, uh, you know, I brought in 5,200 people. And for example, in tax, 5,000 of them were in tax. And half of the 5,000 knew were experienced in tax and half work. And the ones that weren't experienced in tax did that have done better than the ones that were experienced in tax. Because if you're experienced, you're going to bring in bad habits. And what I, and you know, people sitting in training and we say, you should do this. And they said, well, I've been doing this for 15 years and that's not the way we do it. Well, why are you getting a franchise if you know better? Right. You came here to change and improve. And so experience is, is um, not important. It's in and it can be a detriment. What is only one thing is important to follow the system and do it with and the best do it with enthusiasm and do it with pizzazz and driven. The best follow the system with with um, do it in more, more driven. And, but um, no, experience can be a detriment. So you're saying, you're seeing um, the future of mobility as key in terms of business. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, um, it's, um, the, it's the way of the future. It, what you're doing sounds absolutely amazing. Um, so you said that your next presentation will be in Orlando. Um, how do people find out where you're going to be? Um, it's easy. If, if you just contact us at loyaltybrands.com, I meet, I meet um, almost everyone that's interested because um, I, I mean, it's not just about you picking me. I get to pick you. And if I sense at any point that you're not going to listen to me, then you know what I say, Ann, this just isn't right for you. You're not, you're not listening. Doesn't sound like you're going to listen. Um, you should go do this by your, you should go do something else. You should go find somewhere else to be extraordinary because it's not going to be with us. And do your franchisees have an opportunity to um, meet with other franchisees? 
Yeah, the um, we encourage that, and um, especially because franchisees are like children, and they uh, listen to each other more than they listen to me. I mean, there's always in every franchise system I've seen, there's an us versus them philosophy, and I, it's amazing to me that I'll be sitting in a meeting with with franchisees, and they'll ask a first year. I'm sitting right there. The uh, the self-declared expert ever in tax. And they will ask the first-year franchisee a question instead of asking me. They believe each other. They hang out in gangs. They believe each other. So the best way to build a franchise system is to have your franchisees spread the message and to, to make heroes out of your best franchisees and the other franchisees will listen to them more than they listen to me. So yeah, and we encourage that. And and at at my last company, our conventions were twenty five hundred people. And even though I was up there speaking um, for a whole day, they would you know they they often learn more in um, lunches, dinners, after hours, breakfast, talking to each other than listening to to us at the the corporate stack. Uh, but it's wonderful that that they're part of an extended team. So that gives it even greater value because as an independent business owner, uh, there's there you don't have anyone to fall back on for advice. You have to seek out advice. And you never know whether the advice is valid. Exactly. That they have to be, they should be more careful in they should listen to me and not other franchisees. I mean, I can give you lots of examples. We many years ago, 40 years ago, we were we had a Jackson Hewitt franchise who may had tried a different payroll, so different bonus system. And so we had a standard agreement. You would give your preparers standard payroll system. Well, this guy didn't like it. So he invented his own. And I heard them ask him about it at a, a meeting and after his first season, and other people were emulating it. Well, within within three years, he was sued and lost the lawsuit because what he doing was against the law. But other franchisees listened to him with, and there's no, he had no liability. If, if we give bad advice, we have liability. He had no, he just gave advice. Like you're, if your friend gives you advice, you have no recourse. But if a paid, a paid advisor gives you advice, you have recourse. And so, yeah, you got to be very careful. And again, it's just an excuse not to follow the system. People are always looking to tinker. So where can people find you? It's just at loyalty dot, uh, loyaltybrands.com. Easy to find. John at loyaltybrands.com. Uh, if, if any of your li listeners want a copy of my book, they can send me an email and I'll send them a book for free. How wonderful. So all of the information will be in the show notes. Um, and I encourage everyone to to read your book and find out more about uh, loyalty brands. I was just absolutely fascinated when I 
checked out your website. I've also listened to some of the interviews that you've done. Um, it was wonderful. And it's truly been a pleasure meeting you. I'm, I'm a very blessed. And it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.